Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of Let's Talk TV Live with Barbara Barnett. I am executive editor of Blog Critics Magazine and also proprietress of Let's Talk TV, the TV blog. And I am joined tonight by Christine Piccolo, our heart Chrissy. And she is a... Hi, Chrissy. How are you? You're not doing well today. I know, as usual. No, I've got allergy issues, so my voice is a little bit scary. So oh, bear with me. <laughs> we are. I'm absolutely going to bear with you. Um, absolutely. So um, we're going to talk about Once Upon a Time tonight, and a little bit of Game of Thrones, and a little bit of Elementary. Um, I have some excite. Well maybe exciting news. We are actually off to um, University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign because my son is graduating from college on Sunday. Yay! Oh, cool. Yay! And his band, he's got a a rock band called I Am God. Awesome. And his his band is playing its last concert ever on Wednesday night. So we're going to actually be heading down to uh, Champaign in a couple of days. And uh, and hear him and big news. His big news is he's made the next cut um, for the KEXP job he was vying for. Um, They're actually they liked his clips that he wrote for them, and they're going to interview him. So he's very excited. So he may actually be in Seattle for permanent. So I'm going to have two children in Seattle. So um, come up here. Well, I'm going to be up there. Uh, we're coming in uh, in the end of July. So oh, good. Okay. Well, we'll have to meet for drinks for sure. For sure we will. Um, so it's going to be a really exciting summer for us. And I'm on page, as I told you, I'm on page 220 of my fourth draft, I think, of the Apothecary's <laughs> Curse. <laughs> um, and I think this, this might be the one. I, I hit a sort of... Uh, like okay, there's a big logic gap. Not a big logic gap, but but a gap, and it's like I think I yeah. figured it out. And uh, so now I'm going to the end. So I'm really excited about that. You were so, mentioning that you had to do like a timeline and stuff. For yeah, it. you know, I decided yeah. to make the novel uh, nonlinear. So I started out yeah. writing it very chronologically. It starts in 1837. And then jumps to 1842 and then to 2013. But there's some stuff from 1902 in there and there's some stuff from the late 16th century in there and there's stuff from other times as well, 1926. But I decided to kind of jumble it all up and um, and, and, and there's a logic to it. So um, what I did this morning is uh, and there's a bunch of stuff that happens in 1870 that I actually hadn't written. So now I'm like, okay, how old is this person and how old is that person and is it possible for that person to still be alive? And so I, I actually sat down and, and wrote a timeline that started in 1590 when my main character was born. So um, that goes all the way to 2013. So, ah. Uh, <laughs> Very complicated. It's exciting, so, though. Yeah, it's complicated it's an accomplishment. Yeah, exactly, and it's an accomplishment too. It is. You it is. Like it did. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So it's good. So, okay. So, um, by the way, I got the press release, guys, for um, next Sunday's season finale. Would you like me to uh, read it to you? All? Yes, I would. So oh, hang yeah. on. I'm gonna. It's okay. So this is the headline. The inhabitants of Storybrooke brace for the end. When the annihilation of the town becomes imminent, Mr. Gold mourns the loss of his son, and Hook discovers a connection to the young bay in Neverland. Oh, Lord. So this is, that's the headline. It says, and straight on till morning, which is the title, the inhabitants of Storybrooke brace themselves for the end when Greg and Tamara detonate the trigger that Diamond Thing um, had placed within the curse with the annihilation of town 
and the residence imminent, and Mr. Gold mourns the loss of his son, who is, of course, Bay or Neil, depending on what you want to call him. Meanwhile, back in Neverland of the past, Hook discovers his connection to a young balefire after he rescues him from the sea and soon realizes that the Lost Boys are in hot pursuit of the boy on the season finale of Once Upon a Time. All right. Oh, my God. Can I just say I was a little confused <laughs> last night? I, yes. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I First of all, I mean, so now I, I was mad that they killed my bae. I mean, I'm hoping that they're going to find him. They have to find him again. I mean, I'm, they can't just kill him off. Well, I mean, you know, they, they're, there's been a, you know, of course, there's been a rumor that yeah. someone major is going to die. And yeah, it's weird. I was thinking about that. So this is what I was thinking. And I was going through all the characters. And I think Entertainment Weekly did something about it. No, no, no. It was wet paint. Um, Uh And they did a thing about, well, okay, so which character is going to die? So they said, okay, so how is, how would, which, and it's, and it's always a narrative choice, right? What's going to propel the story? So let's kind of do this exercise, okay? All right. Um, you know, Regina is in pretty nasty shape herself, right? Right, right. So if it's Regina, but they're not, they can't kill Regina. But they could, if they killed Regina, what impact would that be on Storybrooke? Would there be an impact on the characters? Who would miss her? Would anyone miss her? No. No, Henry, and Henry would. And everybody would be breathing the sigh of relief. Ding, ding, dong, the witch is dead. Witch, hell, right. witch. Right? Or the evil exactly. witch. Right? So, so they, that's actually not a good narrative choice because she's an antagonist in the show to right. a lot of people. Right. So that's her. She's not She's not the one. And, and Lana Perea is just a phenomenal actress. Yeah. So that's her. They're not going to kill Emma because Emma is the focal right. point of the show. So they're not right. going to kill them. Um, and they're not going to kill Henry, although Henry was proposed as a cost. Now, we know, of course, that Mr. Gold believes that Henry is his undoing, right? You know, but he's worried. struggling He's struggling against doing anything against his right. grandson. You know, lots of conflict there. But if Henry died, what would be the impact? Of course, it would be huge. Everyone yes. would be in mourning for him, including Regina. Right. Everyone would, would differently. Then now, what about now? What if it's Lacey that kills him? See, I'm worried that this Lacey situation. I don't like that it. Lacey is gonna kill Henry. Yes, I'm worried Ooh. that she would go and do it. Because, you know, this whole conversation they had about, you know, being immortal yeah. and staying young forever and, and yeah. one thing, I think that that is what, that it would make sense if they kill, if, you know what I mean? Like nobody else is going to kill Henry. Right. So she goes him. ahead and she takes it upon herself. That's what I'm Well, that would be interesting because then everyone in the entire audience is going to hate. Going to freak. I know. Freak. And, and um, Rumpel, but see, Rumpel is kind of on a dark path now because Lacey kind of likes the dark one. Right. Right. But I don't think he would do it. I think he would continue to fight against it. I think uh, he would too. And so but then. Now that Bay is gone, now that Bay is well, gone. But I don't know if Bay is gone for good. I don't know that Bay is no, gone. I don't so, think he is. so this is what else they proposed. Okay. What if. What if Rumpel died? Now, if Rumpel died... No! Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on, hold on. Let me talk here. Let me talk here. Let me talk here. Okay. Let me, let me, let me think. Let, let's think this through. I, I don't think they're going to kill him off. They can't. Um, first of all, Robert Carlyle is like gold. I, 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 he, is, he is gold. He is gold. He is such a... He's so central to the show. Um and people love him, and I think right. if he if if they got rid of him, if they killed him off, I think the right. ratings would go down the toilet because he is, he is so, good. so he's such a brilliant character 
and he's such a brilliant actor. But on the other hand, Carlisle's got two movie projects coming up. Oh, no. But he's, on, he's, he's under gonna... contract. But he's under contract for five years, I believe. And he loves okay. doing the show. He has said this many times, how yeah. much he adores working on this show. He loves it. He loves being in Vancouver, uh, despite the fact that he's away from his family for so long. Yeah. Uh, but he brings his family over in the summer, you know, but and, yeah. and he really loves working on this show. So, um, but if they killed Rumpel, uh, <laughs> Katie is like, I saw what you did there. Um, yes, with the, with the pun. Um, if they, if they did away with Rumpel, I mean, that would be, that would be that would pretty tragic. That would be tragic. Well, it would that, be, if they can't they permanently kill him anyway like you know it's weird it's weird it's weird you know he did say he explained to Lacey that immortal doesn't immortal doesn't mean you can't be killed well the immortal immortal in my novel can't be killed but in their fantasy world they they can't be killed they can be killed and and there are in in fiction there are a couple different kinds of immortals there are the Captain Jack and right, right. Dune, which is my immortal guy that can't yeah. be killed. And then there are the immortal guys who just don't age, but you can kill them. Well, you know, look at vampires. They're supposed to be immortal, but they can right. be killed. They can be killed. Mm-hmm. You know, and so Mr. Gold makes it very specific yeah. that I don't like that. the immortal can be killed. I don't think they're going to kill him. They, I think I it really... would. I think it would. It would mean the death of the show. Right. It's, but on what? the other hand, but, 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 they could kill him and then bring him back next year. Well, yeah, but I don't know. Because magical. I, 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 no, I think they need to do that with Bay for sure. So I, so, so I you think Bay? I think it's, I think Lacey's going to be the one that's going to kill Henry. That's what okay. I think. But you think Henry's going to be the one that dies? All right, I'm going to bring Meredith into the conversation. Okay. Hang on a second. Okay. So I think this is Meredith. Is this Meredith? Yes, it is. Hi, Meredith. Hi, Meredith. <laughs> well, um, I wanted to point out that he didn't mention who it is specifically was that would be his undoing, and I'm sure he's not going to share, oh, by the way, he's my grandson, and by the way, he's 11 years old, and right. so on. You know, So I don't think Lacey would ever do that, and I don't think that she is that dark. I think that she's yeah. thinking that whoever it is that's a threat to him would be somebody more like Regina. Yeah, I don't know, but I don't, I, and I personally don't think that Lacey or Belle is going to kill anyone. I hope not. Um, I, I really think, I, you know, it's it's because the headline of next week's episode really yeah. speaks about Mr. Gold, about Rumpel mourning his son. I mean, I, I'm I am like freaking out, excited about that. You know, I'm all about yeah. the angst. You guys oh, know. Yeah. I am all about the angst, and um, I don't think that Rumpel's had enough angst this last night. Yeah, not only that, but I mean, yesterday, you know, last night's episode, he's, like, dismissing his son. And now no, that's not in character. Really bad. I, I just, you know, that's, that's what bothered me. That's the thing that yeah. bothered me about the episode is this idea that he is every single thing about the curse. Everything. I mean, all of the manipulation. All, yes. All of it has always, 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 about always Bay. been about Bay. And that, and and the fact that Bay says, "I've been in town now, and you've been ignoring me." You haven't even, exactly. It's like what? I think it's because he's been spending so much time with Henry. He's trying to avoid Henry, so he has to avoid his son in order to do that. Um, I don't think that's true. I don't know. I don't think that's true. And I think I don't I disagree with that. I, I, I respectfully disagree with that because he could have spent time with with Balefire. He could have made those strides to get closer to him. But he's been really interested in Belle. And he is all about yeah, Belle. He is focused on Belle now. But it, to me, that doesn't ring true for his character. Yeah. I just well, I just don't think it rings true. Well, the other thing that I don't understand is this, this freaking, what's, what's her name? I can't even stand her. Tamara. Tamara. Owen. Whatever. I'm like, I mean, they get away, seriously? I was surprised 
that they let that charming. I mean, yeah, Regina needed help, but why wouldn't he have gone after her? I so all right. That. So so I oh, have I I'm, have a question about this. Okay. So okay. you've got you've got these guys, these two guys. You got Owen and um Owen slash Greg Mendel, who's I can't get the he's a geneticist. This is the whole. It's like I was trying to figure out when he was introduced into the show, and I asked Jane Espenson. In fact, okay, Greg Mendel, Gregor Mendel is the father of modern genetics. Right. Right. So these bracelets that they put on their wrists, you know, on Regina's wrist to take the magic out of her. With the little, yeah. like the nanobots, which almost um, um, right. is the nanobots that are playing with her genetic structure. Right. So right. That, that's where I think that is. But the fact is that they work for this super secret organization of people yeah. who believe that magic is unholy. Yeah, which I And they want to eradicate magic. It's like almost like, okay, what are these guys, religious fundamentalist fanatics? Right. Like, I'm like a little weird by that. I just didn't like that angle of it. I'm like, okay, well, who is the bigger, who are these people that are, it's sort of like what they did a little with Revenge. They finally got rid of that end of the storyline because it sucked. It was like, oh, no, it's this bigger organization that's been pulling the strings all along. And I I don't understand why that needs to even yeah. be. There's enough, there's enough antagonists. Uh, in the villains, the different villains from the different worlds and the different, you know, people that are coming and going. And I don't think they need this aspect, which is why I was really confused. Last yeah, you know what, what I think? Are they doing? I think what happened was, and it's weird, because when I talked to Adam and Eddie in November, uh-huh. um, they had, you know, I had actually put them a little bit on the spot, and I said, you know, I didn't tell them that they'd gone wrong because you can never tell someone right. they're right. Creative, they've gone wrong. It's, it's their oh, creative yeah. choice. But I had said, right. you know, you've introduced these, and I was talking about Mulan and Aurora yeah. at the time, and here you have the beginning of the season. Everyone's excited about seeing what's going to happen, and here you're spending half the time of the narrative on these two characters that no one can relate to. Right, and right. And and then they what they told me was not to worry, they're gone, and we're going to focus on the fundamentals. But now they've introduced Mara the and Owen. They're doing exactly the same thing they were doing at the Thank beginning you. of the season. And now you, it's like, what's going to happen with these two new characters? Yeah, okay, so they've introduced new to antagonists. You know, have they? Are they going to? You know, they they're gonna they're gonna get everyone together and on the same side. And and now. You know, Gold and Regina and everyone else are all sort of in the same boat. And right. what are they going to do? And, and but they need so now they need a new antagonist. So right. it's like it's almost like that. And it's like I'm not. I, I kind of like the idea that there are these anti-magic people. I, I kind of like that. I do like that. That actually reminds me a little I bit of one. You know, but I, I, don't, I don't. But I it's like what? It's just, you know, it's like so. There are more magic communities. There are more places in right. the U.S. I that mean, have there's story all, books. Yeah, there's all different worlds too. I mean, if they right? Say but that's not what the implication is. The implication is that there are more story books throughout or, our world. Well, if this curse already existed and Rumpelstiltskin didn't actually design it, that he already actually found out about it, that does mean that other people have done it. Right. But um, remember, Rumpel needed to make this all work. He needed, um, you know, a hair from from Prince Charming, and he needed a hair from, you know, he needed all that true love, you know, so that he could – I mean that was all fundamental to all of this happening, and if 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 other lands are like it, well, how does that make Storybrooke unique? Well, I think it's because he also designed it to be broken. He actually assigned the savior yeah. and everything. Yeah, he did. He most of the time, these curses, when they happen, they're designed to last forever without right. somebody being able to break it. Right. He designed it so that it would be broken, but he designed it. This is his curse. And 
you know, yeah, they what, did hear about from the blue fairy, which means that other people have done it. Yeah, and I don't, I, you know. And, and I really think that this blue fairy is a really shady. <laughs> yeah, he's my yeah you've mentioned that she's before. Got, yeah, she's got a lot of stuff cooking because if you guys remember way back in the beginning, it was her idea to send um, August with little Emma in the tree. Oh, we can do it here. We can do it there. I mean, like, I'm just saying there's been a lot of stuff all throughout. I mean, the whole magic bean thing. I mean, she she offers yeah. this magic bean to Bay. So, but, I mean, who is she working for? Because I know she's yeah. kind of superior, bit it's just not quite right. You know? Yeah. And she's working for somebody else. Like, I would prefer that they go with that angle yeah. versus this other stuff. Because Yeah, let's because take some... Right. Let's take some of the yeah. characters that we already know, exactly. and 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 make them have narrative left turns. So right. take a blue exactly. fairy and look at her. Like they've sort of tried to do that with Belle, but I think they haven't done it well. Um, right. You know, they 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 turned her around to a three, you know, a hundred and eighty degree turnaround. Yeah. And um, but they but they they haven't explored any of them that way in a natural way. The only characters that seem to have any sort of real internal moral struggle are the right. Evil Queen and Rumpel. They are the only yeah. characters that seem to have conflict, inner conflict. And right, I right. think if they explored the inner conflict, uh, the dark side in all of the characters. In all of them. And it doesn't right. have to be black and white. Like with Belle, it's black and white. And, and it doesn't didn't have to be black and white. Um I, I'm, I'm just not. I'm not grooving to this story between Lacey and Gold. I thought I would. Um, yeah, me neither. I'm very upset by it because they're not doing it. Just they're not doing anything for the character. I mean, you know, I, I I kind of kept thinking, okay, she's gonna remember at some point. I just don't like how they they should have had it where she started remembering after that phone call. They should have just built on that. It should have let you know it slowly builds so that they're. You know, they they slowly start to fall in love again, and, and, and that's what they should have done with it. And I don't understand. It's like they lost focus on what it is that we, as viewers, really love about it, and learning more about the characters we already know, i.e., the Blue Fairy and all of that. That would be much more, and it would make more sense. I mean, to have this other crazy entity out there that is going around is distinguishing extinguishing all of these magic mm-hmm. lands that are supposedly planted. I mean, what right. does that do for the big picture of things? Not much. Yeah, it takes away the uniqueness of the story. Yeah. And it to me, the unique. exactly. it, you know, it's interesting. I was just up on uh, TV by the numbers, zapped to it, and their yeah. rating things. So it was up two tenths from last week. It says, uh, Once Upon a Time was scored a 2.2 rating share, which is very, very low. Um, that is, that, that's lower than what GH has been. And up, is up, uh, up two tenths from the series low last week of 2.0. Um, and um, they had did a, they did a piece on the fifth, uh, Will Once Upon a Time Rise for Part 1 of its finale? And people yeah. thought... Um, most people thought it would be uh, greater than 2.5, 41.92%, 884 people that took the poll said, yeah, it would be higher than 2.5. About a quarter of the people thought it would be between 2.1 and 2.2. Some people thought it would drop. or Some th- people thought it would be uh, 2.3 to 2.4. Some people thought it would drop. But most people thought it would be up. But it really, it's not a big, big jump and that actually should be pretty worrying to um kitsis and and uh and horowitz because it's not this is their finales i mean wow i mean it should be up there like 2.8 i mean gh is more more than i mean it's it's you can't really compare daytime and prime time just because it's an audience share um, right. But hard numbers, only seven plus million people. Right. That's I mean, for a, for a penultimate part one of a two part finale, for I them know. to have yeah. only for them to that have was... only um, 
viewers, and this is live plus SD, the same day. So these are people who watched it live and also who added to that people who watched it sometime, you know, they DVR'd it or they watched it online or whatever. Only 7.39 million viewers. Even in its in its eighth season, House right. that was what that was what House was getting. Wow. And well, what was what was the ratings last year for the finale? The, hold on a second, I can actually find that out. Oh, so hold okay. on. <laughs> I can I can do this. Um, hold on. Uh, da, 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 da. I love you, Internet. Um, <laughs> on. Once upon a time episode. Thank you, Wikipedia. Um, if you guys go to Wikipedia, it's the list of Once Upon a Time episodes, and here it is. So last year's finale was um, their their numbers last year ranged from in viewers anywhere from I'm, I'm looking at the second the spring um, yeah. Stable Boy eight point three six, The Return nine point oh eight, The Stranger nine point two. Apple Red is Blood, 8.95, and then the finale was 9.66. Yeah. And 9.66, the the season premiere this year got 11.3 million viewers, and then it dropped off to 9.8 to 9.45. Crocodile was 9.89. It went up. That was a rumple story. Yeah, Uh, stories are always up. The Doctor, 9.85, so it dropped off a little. Tallahassee was 10.15. Oh, see that? And that was really good. I love that episode. Child of the Moon, 8.75, it dropped off considerably. So that maybe people didn't like Tallahassee as much. 8.82 for Into the Deep, Queen of the Heart, Queen of Hearts, 9.1. Cricket Game, 9.1. The Outsider, 8.24, and then it started dropping. So for in the name of the brother was seven point six, seven point eight for Tiny. Wow. Up a little bit for Manhattan, seven yeah. point um, really Manhattan was only seven point seven point three for Queen is Dead, seven point six four. It went up for the Miller's daughter. Then it dropped down. And then it's gone down, 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 down. So so Selfish Brave and True was seven point three, Lacey seven point three seven, uh Evil Queen. 7.16. And then last night's was 7.3. So it's really yeah. been sevens um, pretty much. So, I just, so, the, so, so, okay. So, I mean, they should be looking though, because the ones that when the, when the rates do, when the ratings do get jump a little bit, is the episodes like the Miller's daughter, the stuff that, from the, from the, the stories that we want to hear. And right. I noticed, and if you notice, those lower ratings are when this Owen and this Tamara shows up. I mean, nobody cares, is my point. Right, right. And yeah. and I think and they, they, they did a real disservice when they started bringing in this other storyline at the beginning of Season 2. And they yeah. lost, lost a lot it's of people. Totally. They, they lost they lost the, the rum bellers, but not everybody's a rum beller. Okay. Wow, there's a lot of us out there, though. I mean, yeah. so it's, a lot of us are pissed, too, because of the whole lazy thing. I mean, they're dragging it out. Yeah. They're changing the character. You know, yes, Gold is, 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 is dark. He's got his dark side and his struggles and this and that. But his love for Belle, I'm sorry, if you've got this lazy person that is totally bringing out the person. His, the whole purpose of what I thought Season two and going into season three was going to be was the road to redemption for Regina and for Mr. Bolt because they are redeemable to a certain extent. But now everything that has happened since the beginning, it's like I don't even know if we can. Get yeah, them. you know, That's and, and I, I understand. And I understand the narrative choice of two steps forward and three steps backward. Right. You know, House, the show House did that exceptionally well. They would they would bring they would redeem House from wherever, right. whether it was from his addiction problems, whether it was from whatever dark hole, whatever void he was looking into, whatever abyss he found right. himself into. Um the at the end of the season they would build him up and there would be something, but it would be very naturalistic as to right. why happened why what happened happened. And right. it would make sense. It would make sense. 
and um, you know his 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 love for Cuddy came and it went and it ebbed and it flowed, and he'd be upset with Wilson and he'd be and, and it, it was very naturalistic. Oh, what was that? Um, I don't know. <laughs> that was weird. Um, and and I think that they it, what's happening on Once Upon a Time isn't as naturalistic as and I, I'm so spoiled. Yeah. I'm so spoiled by the phenomenal writing of House, and it was just phenomenal, tight, brilliant, dramatic writing. Right. And it could be funny. It would. It could be dark. It could be incredibly dark. It could be right. um, serious, and it could be outright flat out funny. And right. the writing of it always was right there. Um, I can't say the same for Once Upon a Time, and I'm yeah. sorry to say that. I'm. 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 I'm really. And I hate to say this about a show that I love. Um. But I can't, you know, it's funny, when I was writing about House, I would constantly get hammered by one faction or another who would say, oh, well, you know, you just are such a sycophant for the show because if you didn't write nice things about House, you wouldn't have access to anybody. And that's actually not true. Yeah, that's actually not true. Um, no, because it's Katie says opinion. the ending of House was dark for the most part, but with a right. hopeful ending. Um, yes, the ending of House, I, I, I can't, you know, the, the ending of House to me, and people ask me, still ask me, what did I think of the ending of House? To me, the ending of House was as perfect an ending for a show as I can possibly imagine. And it leaves open this hope. It, it it actually redeems the character of House completely and makes him from a character who has an incredibly dark side. And they don't take that away from him at all. But they right. redeem him to the point where we've always known he's willing to sacrifice himself all the time. Right. He would deny it. But where he makes the ultimate sacrifice in the name of friendship. Katie says, I laughed, I cried, it was better than Cats. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And the ending of House was as perfect an ending. In fact, it was funny because the ending of Wilson and House going off on on the motorcycles, when I wrote Chasing Zebras, I wrote my book on House, one of the things that I said in the book, it's like we don't know how House is going to end because I wrote it at the end of, I finished it at the end of season six. I said, we don't know how House is going to end. Is is he going to ride off in the sunset on a motorcycle with Wilson at his side? That was one of the options I gave. And I was like, he did it. Um, I doubt they took it from me. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. um, You never know. You never know. Uh, They all read my book. I think they all. Well, they all read. A lot of the writers read my column. But people would kind of hammer on me because they said, Oh, you know, you just only say nice things because if it's your job to get interviews with you. I was like, no, I have had more arguments. I had more arguments, great, wonderful arguments with the house writers like Doris Egan and Peter Blake, who now writes for Elementary, Liz Friedman, who writes for Elementary, um, with uh, Garrett Lerner and Russell Friend, who I had must have talked to them. If you counted up the hours, it's probably close to six or seven hours of conversation with them. And and you know and and uh, Ellie Ati. Um, I mean, I and Katie Jacobs, who is one of the creators of the show. And and we would have these great, wonderful debates um, about how humanity, about how is this. But there was something you could talk about. You know, it's yeah. like, okay. Well, not only that, they want you to, they want your opinion, too. I mean, they don't, yeah. that's the thing that I like about, you know, at least in my experience, just my little experience with the daytimers and stuff. I mean, they seem to be open to your thoughts. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're not. Well, I mean, I wasn't trying to, to get them to, to change anything, but, no, you know, no. it's interesting because I, I, I said to, I think there was something that happened in one episode and I said to Russell's friend, I said, so is this what you guys were thinking in this scene? Because it was like, it was like it referred back to something else from like season one. And he, sa- and he said to me, 
that that Wilson had done, and I and 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 Russell said to me, you know, that's not how I wrote it, but you're right. right. You're totally right. And I right. will bet you that Robert Sean Leonard, who played Wilson, really remembered that and took ownership of it and made that moment, even though it wasn't scripted that way, yeah. into yeah. that moment. So you know, there's, there's and, and we would talk about you know houses humanity and. It was it was really so and and I had wonderful conversations with Jane Espenson in his book you know, about it but there's not talking about the writing of Once Upon a Time is quite different yeah and well, because there, there, there's I don't know I, I'm gonna get off well, my it's soapbox. Different. <laughs> no it's it, it's different in that I mean like they, I think they've sort of lost their way in what it is that we are interested in watching. You know, it's once upon a time. It's not. And while there has to be some aspects of the real world integrated in, what we care about are the characters, the ones that we know about. I mean, they really just need to draw. I, I just am really at a loss as to what it is they're trying to do with this whole thing. I just don't I mean, know. I they, mean, it's their show. And they and you know what, to be honest to you know, they they shouldn't play to the audience. They they there's it's a it's a losing proposition well, to play to the audience. It is and, but and they your ratings are, are gonna go down if you're not gonna have but if you're not gonna make you have to play to the audience to a certain extent. What I mean by that is you know, we're not gonna dictate what the story is. But I think that if we want to see the characters that we want to see, they should be fashioning the story to 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 involve those characters. That's all. I mean, I I certainly don't think that. Oh yeah, you should do this or that. You know, they should be listening to us because we don't know what the hell we're. Saying. You know, but 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 I think right. that yeah, listening to who we want to see is another. You know, we want to know about the characters themselves. Well, you know, it's interesting. I'm, um, as you guys know, um, and Chrissy, you and I talked about it a little bit at the beginning of the show. I'm, I'm writing like the four. I'm on the fourth draft of my novel now, and um, in the last third of my novel, and I've introduced a new character into the plot. Yeah. And I'm really struggling with that because I'm like, well, I'm two thirds of the way through this novel, and now all of a sudden I have this new character. Right. And. Do uh, how much time? And I wrote this big introductory chapter of her, and it's like ten pages. And I was like looking. I was like, "Wow, here I am in you know I in this story, and I'm 211 pages into the to the manuscript, and now I've got this new character. And now all of a sudden, everything else has stopped, and I'm spending ten pages on this new character. And I was like, I can't, I can't do that. I can't do that. So I actually went back in and I actually cut like half the te- half of it out and I put it on a clipboard and I was like, okay, maybe I'll put other parts of that in. But I, I, I actually realized that my readers aren't going to really care like- about the character. They have no idea who she is right. and they're not going to care about her. So why would I, they want to spend 10 or 15 pages reading her? They're going to just skip that chapter anyway to find right. out what happens to Simon and Galen, who are my two main characters with their fine bromance. Um, right. Or not so fine bromance. Um, but, and, and, and Anne, actually, this character, Anne, figures in incredibly importantly into the climax of the book. She's incredibly important, and she connects back right. to a very, very significant character in Galen, my main character, my apothecary's life. Um, but he won't know that until the end of the book, the last hundred, last fifteen pages of the book. Um, so it's really, um, so, so it's like, what do I do? So I'm thinking, you know, once upon a time, they they keep adding these new characters, and we don't care about, you know, it's like we might if we gave us more time, but they've sort of plopped them in. I mean, hey, I'm with Emma, you know, I don't trust Tamara at all, and and it's well worn out. And I don't – there's no character development with them. Well, yeah, and I mean, like, why would we care about them? That's the thing. You know, they're, they, they are ancillary people. Right, and they're focusing created. a lot on them. 
Yeah, that were just created for this season to do what exactly? Now, I now I well, they're you know why they've been created, and I and I think that you know, and, and I know that they're going to be the ones. Obviously, they're the guys now. Now they have the diamond. Now they're oh, yeah. Now they're going to probably there's this trigger. Yeah. Okay, but right. they've gone sort of a long way around, right? To to make and and that's important. That's an important plot point, and they need to have these guys there to do that. Right. Yeah, and, they do. Sure. But before, like, why didn't I? Don't know. I just I don't know. I just I was just very confused by the end of the whole thing. Like, I just wasn't like last year, last season's finale. Oh my God! It was like they gave us more than what I expected. It was, I mean, it was fabulous. They answered all of our questions. You know, just everything. It was like, oh my God, we we actually got you know Rumble and Belle to kiss. I mean, yeah. like we didn't expect that. I mean, we thought. I mean, Damien, my co-host, we, we we thought we were just okay. We'd be happy if they just see each other across the street or something. You know, right? Like, that's it. And then they they took it, but they gave us everything that we wanted. And this season, I'm just not. I'm and not I understand. Even... I understand they want to step back from it. They totally need to because they need this to string out over more than yeah, a couple yeah. seasons. Because that is such a beautiful. It's a beautiful love story. But we're not seeing. We're not seeing that. I don't. No. And I know that that it's I know that Emily DeRavin and and Robert Carlyle have really good chemistry. Yeah, but but what what we're not seeing is we're not seeing their chemistry work. We're seeing yeah. a an angry, bitchy yeah. character and and gold getting off on it. And exactly. and I'm like, what is this? This isn't even they need to get they're Bonnie they all of a sudden they're Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, exactly. Like like seriously, like had they they done what we what I what I thought they were gonna do where she would get a little bit of a sliver of her memory back yeah. and they could slowly have built it that way. They could have even slowly built it and brought it through to season three. But this this just doesn't make any sense to me at all. Yeah, Meredith, I mean, it really doesn't. Meredith, what are you thinking? You've been you've been really quiet the oh, last sorry, time. Meredith. <laughs> well, I'm I'm thinking of course that um I think that you know, him hearing what's happened to Bay will um, really, really affect him. And Oh, yeah, yeah. And, of course, the thing is, you know, because, you know, his son is sort of out of the way, he is going to be a little more tempted to do something to Henry, although I don't think he'd go through with it. I think it's more <laughs> likely that since Greg is very angry about what's happened to his father, that he will want to do something to Henry because he knows that, He's Regina's son, and that maybe he'll kind of stand off to the side. Yeah, I think I think Gold is going to go after Greg and Tamara. I mean, he's going to have the full wrath. But I think part of it, and if if it goes the way I would like, if I were, if, if it was the way I wanted it to be, um, you know, I mean, if if Gold is mourning Bay, I mean, I think it's going to hit him that he's gone, and maybe that's what's going to happen. It hits him. Because it's actually been set up, um, right. and it, it, it's hit him that you know here he's been in Storybrooke. Bay has been in Storybrooke, and and Gold hasn't done anything to repair his relationship with his son, and now he's gone again. And I think that's going to destroy Gold. I think it's just going to yeah. destroy him. Yeah, I, I, I think that. Uh, yeah, I think you know that poorly that. Uh, Bay or Neil fell through is probably leads to Neverland, and I'm pretty sure that uh, they'll all be reunited sometime. Right. I, I think you're right, but I think for now, I think this is going to destroy Rumpel. And I think so because he's already on the dark path. I don't think it's going to bring him on a dark path. I think it's going to bring him into a very introspective. I hope so. I hope because so. because he's because I think it was set up. When Bay says to him, here I've been in Storybrooke, and you're not even doing anything to relate to me. Right. right. And so so it's already been set up that Rumpel is maybe, there's a regret, there's already regret there. Yeah. And if Bay is taken away from him again, he's going to be angry, but he's going to be really sad. I think. And I think he's going to be really sad. And I think, okay, this is what, this is, 
my um my wish list for the finale guys you got you got this says the you know says the novelist in training here um so this is what i hope happens so you know he's really affected by bay's disappearance he's in a real tailspin he really withdraws into himself and it's because of that that because Lacey loves him. You know, oh, you know, I really love you. But now she really loves him because she sees him. She she knew about Balefire, and she knew how upset he had been. Right. You know, back in the fairy tale. So, so she's got that glimmer from, and that's what I think. And I think that's what attra- and I think that's what attracted her to her her to him right. in the first place was that loneliness and sadness that was there under the surface that we haven't really seen for a really long time, by the way, uh, except for that one scene in Miller's Daughter. But now that he's without pay, he's bereft, right? She sees that, and it changes her. And she comforts him, and that brings back her memory. And what do you yeah, think, guys? What do you think? What do you think? Guys in the audience, what do you think, guys in the audience? Do you think that that might I be? Think uh, that could be. That could I be. Well, what I would love for the season finale uh, would be if he decides that his decision to bring magic through that well was a very, very bad idea, considering yeah. everything that's happened this year, and they decide that the only way to dismantle that bomb is to get rid of the magic, period. Make Storybrooke the way it was before he brought it. Hmm. I think that would be, you know, the great thing. And that might even be the thing that brings back Belle because it, that barrier, that, you know, town line thing was created apparently by bringing that magic. So, so just reversing it might so bring Storybrooke, her back. And so, Sneezy, for that matter. So Storybrooke then has no magic at all. None of them are magical characters. Well, I'm just saying, you know, the way it was before that season finale last year, at least. Oh, reset reset things a little bit. Yeah. Could be. It could be. That could be an interesting take as well. So um, that could be interesting. So I wanted in the last few minutes, because we've been talking about Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time, um, are either of you guys watching Game of Thrones? At all? I haven't been. I'm not so bad. I do have I love it on my DVR. I just haven't seen them I yet. Like, I'm totally getting into the Jamie and uh, Brienne thing. I really, really like the Jamie and Brienne thing. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's uh, it's it's gonna. I love. I've kind of decided that's my that's my relationship of Game of Thrones now. <laughs> you know, that is my relationship for Game of Thrones. I'm I'm totally into it. Um, elementary, you guys talking watching Elementary at all? I started watch. I am at episode five or something like that. I've been watching them and I do like them. I just need. I'm still trying to play catch up. Okay. So I can talk it to you about it. But I do like it. I really I like love him. it. He's really great. Isn't, isn't he it? great? Johnny Lee Miller. <laughs> Well, of course, Lucy Liu. I love her anyway. I mean, she's, she's really good. Uh, Lucy yeah. Liu is good. Johnny Lee Miller is great. I really, um, I'd seen him in a few things. I've seen him in, um, oh, what was the TV show he just did a couple of years ago? Um, I don't oh, know. where he's a guy with a brain aneurysm who's who's got the gift of prophecy. Um, minute, Jimmy likes it. it. Jimmy Jimmy loves it. Um, gosh, now I'm blanking on the name of the show. He's probably uh, listening to the show screaming at his computer. What? He's probably going. He's probably listening to the show screaming at his computer. <laughs> the answer. <laughs> you dummies. That's a, um, and but but I'd seen him in Train Spotting, and um, also Plunkett McLean. You got to see Plunkett McLean because he and Carlisle are great together in it. Um, truly, truly great in it together. It's the most bizarre movie you have ever seen in your life, but it's a lot of fun. Really? Uh, yeah, he uh, they play gentle. It takes place in seventeen ninety something, and they are gentlemen. Well, Johnny Lee Miller. Johnny Lee Miller plays a gentleman highwayman, and uh, Carlisle plays a an apothecary. <laughs> Oh, isn't that funny? <laughs> but 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 
but he's not an apothecary anymore. He's uh, he's a bandit. He's a he's a highwayman, and he cracks this idea. He's very 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 smart, and Johnny Lee Miller's character is very 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 a posh, and um, together they make a great team. But but Carlisle's kind of journeyman. Working class apothecary is the brains behind the whole thing. And um, so I, I kind of like that. I actually got the idea for my apothecary from watching that movie, I have to say. Um, it's not the greatest movie ever, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, so watch that. Also, um, this Sunday night, um, HBO premieres uh, after, I think it comes on right after Game of Thrones, Family uh, Tree. Oh, is that supposed to be good? I heard about I, it. Yeah, I, I actually have a screener. I have seen oh, the first and... four episodes. I really but... like it. Half an hour comedy. It stars, um, my mind is like brainless today, uh, Chris, o, Chris O'Dowd um, oh. from Bridesmaids. He played the sheriff in Bridesmaids. That really cute yeah. Irish, the cute Irish actor. did it, huh? I have the to look star. At he's very charming. I really like him. Yeah. Um, he's quite charming. And Michael McKeon plays his oh, dad. I love Michael McKeon. Michael, Michael McKeon, McKeon plays his dad. He gets to be British. And I haven't seen Michael McKeon play British since Spinal Tap. Um, yeah, he's so funny. And, so you know, all of the Christopher Guest people are in it. So you got um, Ed Begley Jr. is in it. And uh, uh, Michael Balaban is in it. I think it's Michael Balaban. Uh, I forget his first name, but I think it's ba- Balaban is in it. Um, a lot of the um, a lot of the regular Christopher Guest people are in it. So that's actually really really exciting. I'm really looking forward to seeing that. I've got, as I said, I've seen the first four episodes, um, and it's really quite good. Um, a lot of fun. It's not real deep. Um, it's not, you know, I mean, Christopher Guest's stuff is very kind of documentary, you know, mockumentary style, and this is very much in that vein. It's very much a mockumentary, so that's fun. Um, I'm beginning to get stuff about Newsroom and what's going to be happening on Newsroom, and I'm really, it, it premieres July 14th on HBO, and I'm really, really excited. And I'm also beginning to get stuff on, uh, True Blood. I was going to say, True Blood, I'm dying. I love that show. We're going to do a special show on our heart for that, too, because it's like I absolutely, I love that show. I was bummed because Carolyn Hennessy was in it last year, Uh who is on Days of Our Lives. I mean, who's on General Hospital, but she's also been on Cougar Town, you know. And uh, anyway, so she came on the show and told us about filming when they filmed it. Remember they had those scenes off of Bourbon Street in New Orleans? Yeah, it was all about that. It was so cool. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Nice. So excited. Um, and also, I want to point people to um, Blog Critics, blogcritics.org, yes. because we've got a review of the upcoming uh, movie on HBO, the Liberace movie. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. Okay. So I beyond see that. it's called Behind the Candelabra. And um, I really, uh, the, the review I read of it was quite good by our own Kurt Gardner on Blog Critics. Um, and I also want to tell people, since I'm talking about Blog Critics, um, we are going to be uh, changing, not changing, but we're going to be really updating and making the site very exciting. So look for it in the next exciting. couple of weeks. We're getting, we're getting very close to um, being able to launch um, something really new and exciting, and it's going to look great, and it's going to look beautiful, and um, it's very, very, very fun. So and, have you been watching uh, Supernatural at all? I meant to ask you. Um, you know what? We were we are we started Supernatural, and and when I do Supernatural, I'm going to bring um, Mindy Peterman, uh, who goes as uh, Jr. I'm not Mindy Peterman. Oh my gosh, sorry, Mindy. Jerry <laughs> Weaver, sorry, Jerry. Jerry Weaver on who goes as uh, Jer J A I R. Uh, she's G she's G M Kit uh, on something forty five I think on Twitter. Um, and she comes on the show sometimes, and yes. she's like our blog critics supernatural guru. Oh my god! Isn't and 
I've been well. I started with season four, so we're still working our way through season four. I have to confess. Oh my God! You haven't even got to. The, oh God! Season four and season five. Oh my Lord! All right. I've got to confess. I, I really like Castiel. I, I like Castiel. I know. Don't you? I have a thing for him. I really like. I, wait till you see. Oh my God! I can't even talk to you about it. Yeah. Wait till you see. <laughs> my white water is a huge. Huge supernatural fan. Oh my god, I've been watching it since the very first episode. I remember okay. it was on Tuesday night. I remember exactly what the very first episode. I was like, from that point moment on, I was just hooked. I've been watching it religiously. I just love it. Well, of course, I love Jensen Ackles. I love the guys are so cute. Jared, had a lucky, they're adorable. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. well, speaking of, I'm going to veer off of, of TV. Guess what we saw over the weekend? What? We saw Iron Man 3. Oh, how was it? Um, okay, so I loved Iron Man 2. I thought Iron Man yeah. 2 was one of, the best, one of the best superhero movies I've yeah. ever seen. Um my favorite superhero movies um, are Dark Knight, the, the three Dark Knight movies. Yeah, Dark, yeah, those were those three, wonderful. and and X Men Origins, the one that has um, the one that uh, was out a couple of years ago. Um, oh, first one. class, X Men First Class, that was it. Um, I really liked that one, and um, I we went to see. Iron Man three, and I love Robert Downey Jr. I basically thought, I saw the that Avengers. Would be great. You know, in the Avengers last okay. summer, I really thought that Robert Downey Jr. and the guy who played the Hulk he really stole, they, they stole the show. They, they stole did. that movie. They they stole that movie, and I honestly yeah. didn't care for any of the other characters. I have to say, so, the only thing the only thing about Avengers, I mean, yes, Chris Hemsworth. I mean, you know, I just love looking yeah. at him. But yeah. I think on the whole, yeah, I mean, definitely Robert Downey Jr. and Hulk, man, they just... Yeah, Chris Hemsworth isn't kind of my... T- you know, it's like, I don't... I, it's like, I like just think he's Ronnie gorgeous. guys are not my thing. Oh, you can tell. Come on. You can tell. I like his long hair. I like his longer hair. Because I adore Robert Carlyle. I do like men with longer hair. And... Yeah. Oh, he's got such long, beautiful hair. Yes. Um, but he's not a big, you know, Carlisle's not a big brawny guy. He's kind of a little guy. No, but I like him, too, because he's little, because I'm only 4'8". So. And I'm little, too. I'm 5'4", so I'm, I'm yeah, little. Like, so uh, anyway, but um, so um, when I saw, you know, I said to, to, to my husband, I said, yeah, well, you know, I mean, I wasn't crazy about the Avengers, but I really did like the little bit of Iron Man we got in it. And so Iron Man 3, we went to see it. And there are huge plot holes. (laughs) I don't think it was edited very well. And it's not as angsty a story as Iron Man 2, I thought, was kind of an angsty story. I really thought it went into a lot of good character development. And even even in Avengers, I mean, the character development that they did with, with Iron Man was really good. But I didn't think, I mean, they tried to play with the fact that Iron Man, that, 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 uh, Stark has um, uh, PTSD, and they played with that a little bit, but I don't think they did it really. I don't think they executed it really well. Um, And I loved Don Cheadle, too, and he was in it. Um, But there was, like, a scene where Don Cheadle was in captivity, and then all of a sudden wasn't. And it's like my husband looked at me, and he said, he whispered in my ear because we were in the movie theater, he how did he get out? How did he get out? How did he get out? And I was like, oh, I have no idea. Um, we just have to take it on faith that he got out. Um, so there were like a lot of little plot holes like that. Um, and I don't think the story, you know, they, they played a little bit. With, and and it, it was about genetics. And um, they played a little bit with telomeres, which kind of made me nervous because my novel is all about telomeres. And I was like, no. Oh, no. So, uh, you know, anytime I see anything that's remote, connected to anything in my novel I get kind of like nervous about it um right. and but but they didn't even do anything with that so which is unfortunate because it would have been pretty cool so um but I recommend it it was fun what a great romp um okay. I really I really and Robert Downey Jr. is always very watchable I, I love really, him yeah I do too yeah, he's, he's and adorable. it's great and we're almost out of time guys oh my god already 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So next week is the season finale of I was say House of Once Upon a Time. And um we're actually not gonna be home next Sunday because my son's graduation uh from the University of Illinois. Yay, Adam. Um and, but I will as soon as I get home from uh Urbana, I will watch it. When do you get home? Because are you going to be home by next Wednesday? Because we're going to do ours on the Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just going to be home Sunday, like, later than 7 o'clock. Okay. So I need to go because the show is over. And okay. thank, you, thank you all for listening. Thank you, Meredith, for calling in. Thank you. Thank you. As always, thank, thank you, both of you. Thank you, Chrissy. Feel better. Thank you. I will. And have fun at your son's graduation. Thank you. And we will talk next Monday night. Okay, have a good day. Okay, bye. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Good night. Yep, thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.